Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Ladies and gentlemen, today on An Actor Despairs, we have one of the best episodes I have done in such a long time, and that's all because of the guest, Frida Gustafsson. She is amazing in Vikings Valhalla. Seasons one and two are now available on Netflix. This journey of hers, growing up in Sweden, getting into modeling, and then coming into acting, and this show, Vikings Valhalla, it is so deep and so rich in history, and there's so much to Frida. I am so grateful for her time. You guys are going to love this and love her. She's amazing. Please make sure you check out Vikings Valhalla. Both seasons are available. I would highly recommend checking it out before listening to this because we dig in. But either way, you're going to enjoy it. Frida, I got so much love for you, and let's rock real soon. All right, guys, here it is. Frida Gustafsson, welcome to An Actor Despairs. How are you doing? Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm great. I'm great. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. It is like such an honor. You are incredible in Vikings Valhalla. Your work is, I mean, it is immeasurable, the work that you're doing. You know, it's, we live in such an interesting time where everyone, you know, wants to be strong and dynamic and, and, but it not just be this, you know, forced, you know what I mean? And, and Mm -hmm. you, that character is so nuanced and developed and it just that journey. I've never, I, I was thinking about this the other day with, and talking to a friend is like, you know, we have so many shows now it's kind of overwhelming, like that experience of like binging a show and, and not being distracted by an iPhone or, you know, one of the million other things like your performance in that show, I couldn't stop. The whole time, oh, my eyes were on. Kind. You're too kind. I'm blushing over here. <laughs> you're so amazing, and you glow in that yeah. role, and I'm just so excited you're going to take over the world, and it's just the beginning of so many amazing things, and I'm truly honored and humbled to have you here. Oh my God, what an intro. Thank you so much for having me. I, I'm such a huge fan of the podcast, and I can't wait to get into the nitty-gritty of everything that both you and I love, the process, the yeah. acting, the story, the path. And I just want to say, I feel the same way you feel about Freitas. When she came into my life, I just felt like this is such a unique, rare opportunity to get to play someone who is so complex, who can be so loud and so big, yet vulnerable. And I mean, she's changed my life in so many ways. And I'm so immensely grateful towards Jeb Stewart, who created her and everyone at Netflix and MGM for bringing this story to life. But I think on behalf of all the viewers around the world, thank you for bringing her to life because so much of that work, obviously, yes, there's writing and there's production and a a crew and, you know, Leo and everyone involved. But you, you really, you're an artist and I'm excited to get to talk about how all that happened. But you know how I like to do this. Let's start at the beginning. You grew up in Sweden, right? I did, yeah. I grew up in a suburb outside of Stockholm in a super sporty family, normal kind of working class family. And I was always this like little theater monkey. I love to perform. I love to involve my brothers as my backup dancers or make them be my actors in my own homemade movies. And it was just my dream to always play characters and to express myself. But in the environment where I came from, that wasn't really something that you could see as a as a, as a job. So I never really gave it my 100% go at trying to become an actor. By happenstance, I got scouted and became a 
teenage model. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, I, I, I have a, fr- a lot of friends who are models, and I, I'm sure we've crossed paths at one of those, but I know that world. And I, I, we can talk about that, too, because it's so interesting. Yeah, sure. Let's first, you know, talk to me about the, the- – are your parents artists? No, my, my mom is a teacher and my dad is a salesman. And no one in my family ever came from like a creative background. I think kind of the suburban life in Stockholm, you, my brother played hockey, my other brother played, played football, I did athletics, and it was kind of like sports, you go skiing, maybe once a year, you go to, you know, a museum with school. Yeah. And unfortunately, I didn't have that creative environment growing up. So for me, it was just kind of left on the shelf. Um, as something that I would dream about in my own life, but didn't really come to fruition. For like entertainment and escapism purposes and and your relationship to entertainment, was it a Swedish landscape or were you consuming a lot of American content? Well, both. I just remember like, you know, being the kind of first generation who had like smartphones and internet. I remember being like 10, 11 on Google, like looking up like paintings or artists. And I remember being like, 11 12 and i got a book uh, about christo and jean claude you know who makes these huge uh, like uh, landscape art pieces and it, it just for me it was a, a way to escape kind of like gray suburbia and it was just artists in general but also film yeah of course american uh, productions because they were so different they were so much richer you know in sweden we're kind of famous for our kind of serious socialist kind of commentary or bergman so to watch American film and TV growing up, like Sopranos or Sex in the City, yeah. like big, you know, like big characters who got to just do wrong and be so big, but also very glamorous. I, I love that. I devoured all of that. That's amazing. And and so at that point, you know, I know, at, is it true at 12, you got discovered at Ikea for yeah, scouting? For yeah. <laughs> so Eating meatballs, of course. <laughs> I love doing that. I, I'm glad that's okay. Because every time I go to Ikea, obviously, I have to do that. But um, yeah. so what, before you like, right before you got discovered, were you, was there any kind of like acting classes in Sweden or like a theater camp or anything that you were doing? Yeah, yeah. I went to um, a theater class, I think once or twice a week. Um, they made me bring my older brother, Eric, and he absolutely hated it. And it was the best time of the week for me. I was quite shy, always growing up. And it was my time to just let out all of my weird kind of dreams. And I could let all of my social inhibitions just go. It was the best. I loved it so much. And my mom brought me to a couple of auditions and I got a few smaller parts when I was like a child child amazing and then yeah and it was just like it was the best I was I was fully envisioning this is where my life was going to take me I love being seen as an adult I love having that responsibility of learning my lines and showing up and being on time and performing oh I love it and then kind of like puberty hit and I became really tall my body really changed and I became so self-conscious about the way that I looked and about the space that I took being like super tall, but still kind of 12. And I, I completely lost my, my self-confidence and I, I I quit all of it. What happened to me? Wow. That's, I I identify with that on such a profound level. Thank you for sharing, you know, so then, so then obviously when, you know, you're at Ikea and this thing happens and, you know, you are feeling self-conscious about your, your body, did that seem kind of 
peculiar that of all things, you know, that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, first of all, I thought I was being pranked. Do you remember those like 19th oh, and early 2000? Like, yeah, yeah. 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 Like there was going to be like a hidden camera. They're like, look at this geeky girl having dinner with her dad, thinking she's going to be a model. And I was just kind of looking around going like, where's the camera? Oh, there's no camera. Um, and I spoke to my dad about it. And he's like, maybe it could be a good way for you to, you know, get some experience you don't have to you know when you apply for drama school maybe you don't have to you know work two jobs and yeah. maybe you can you know you can earn a little bit of money but also it's a way for you to kind of take your body back and like feel confident look there's somebody who appreciate appreciates you in the way that you look and it's another way for you to express yourself so i'm really thankful my dad has always been really wise and a big supporter of uh what's your dad's my name independence life Leif? Which nope. is so funny. No that, way. Like, Leif, <laughs> like my brother in the show and in the show, my, my father's name is Eric, like my real life brother. So it's all kind of meant to be in this weird way. Wow. Well, we'll shout out to yeah. the Gustafsson family, you know, Yay. I hope they're all tuning in. <laughs> That's amazing. And so then when you had that opportunity, was there a real moment of like, you know, you talked about talking with your father about whether you wanted to do it or not? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a, I was quite young and I still, you know, I was in school. I was 14 when I started working internationally. And when I was 15, I convinced my parents that it was totally wise for them to let me move away from them and move to Tokyo by myself. And and so for some crazy reason, I, I convinced them that that was great and they let me do it. So I took my things and I began my my, my journey by myself. And in a way, looking back at it now, being 30, um, it's kind of crazy to let a teenager move to the other side of the world by yourself. But at the same time, I'm so incredibly grateful. The path that I had, it taught me the value of hard work. I started working like two jobs a day, 18-hour day, six-day weeks, and just grinding. And I'm so thankful for that now. I think I have a really good work ethic and all of those hours in front of the camera yeah it it helps it helps and um, i'm really grateful for that and do you think that you know eventually it allowed you to connect back to your your confidence and your presence and your physicality i think so um for me there was always i was very self-conscious about being so tall and coming into an environment where that was finally celebrated and seen as something that was you know, made me special and made me unique instead of just being like a freak. It, it took me a while, but it still got me to a place of kind of where I am now. And then Freitas on top of that, I think my physicality helped immensely in creating her as a character yeah. because she demands so much space. She She needs to be seen. Her physicality is her biggest weapon. And for me to finally find a place, an outlet to put all of that in was a vessel for all of my insecurities and just shoot him into her was so, so helpful. And, and you, you know, you, you, I don't want to gloss over the amazing success you had and all the brilliant work you did in that industry, you know, was that, you know, I know it, it's, it wasn't acting yet and we didn't get to Vikings, but was it fulfill, like, it's a two part question. Were you having mm-hmm. fun, but also how did you stay away from the darkness that that, sector can have because it it can be really dark and it's it's really easy to get caught up in that kind of hedonistic lifestyle and and you're Uh, yeah you've such an amazing personality and you know you're just so uncorrupted by any of that you know especially now how dark that world can be 
<laughs> well, well, you know me now. No, I'm only kidding. But yeah, it it, it is a, a hard world. I think for me, once I had great support, and especially from my father growing up. But also, I, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. We didn't grow up with a lot of extravagances. And I think for me, I saw the careers from a very early age. I was very focused and I want to build a lasting career. I don't want to just go into this because it's fun or because I can get a nice handbag or I can make a lot of right. money. I saw this as a way for me to you know, build my Rolodex and characters and experiences that I'm going to funnel into my next career, which was always acting. I couldn't really vocalize it to everyone around me because I felt really self-conscious about saying, hey, I'm a model, but I want to be an actress. There's a lot of people who've got prejudice against that. I can imagine. But I I always had that path. And I think that helped me in, in the sense of worked really hard. I didn't really have that much time to go into other things. And then I also did school. I mean, I had to do high school on distance, sitting oh, with you, my laptop wow. backstage at Fashion Week. They're like, first looks. And I'm like, let me just send in my math exam. <laughs> That's <laughs> it was, amazing. Yeah, it was a crazy time. And you graduated? And I did, yeah, 100%. I went, yeah, I went to university too. Um, so uh, I, I'm quite glad. I had a great support system around me. And I've seen a lot of dark things in that industry. I've also seen a lot of really beautiful things. Yeah, there, there are great I, people, and and I don't yeah, I don't want to make it seem myopic. No, 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 no. Yeah. But it's 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 absolutely true. I mean, yeah. it's 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 a really hard industry, and I think the biggest issue is that a lot of girls start working when you're underage. I mean, I remember coming onto a movie set, and you would have people who would be maybe seventeen who had tutors or their parents there. And I'd be so shocked. And I was like, where were those tutors when I was 14 yeah. <laughs> traveling the world by myself? Uh, it's a different view of kind of taking care of younger talent in the movie industries towards the fashion industry. And I think that's maybe the bigger difference. Um, also in the act, I mean, when you're an actor, you're seen as a creative collaborator. Your your voice matters and, you know, you're a part of the team. I would like to think that in a lot of the stuff I did in my fashion years i was a collaborator but for most of it i you're you're the vessel for someone else's creativity right you're kind of the mirror that you want to mirror their thoughts and as much as i want to put into it it's still a two-dimensional image whereas when you work with a character you can create something that lives and breathes so in a way it's kind of like drama school but in the most strange way because you get to <laughs> get to learn so much about your body and you know, how to work in front of a camera and you get so much sad experiences doing interviews and stuff like that, which is great. But it's, you're, you've been limited to creating something that doesn't live and breathe in the same way. So was there an isolating moment or was that moment university where you're like, I've got I've to get out or I've got to focus on, on what I want to get to? And Yeah, I, I think for me, starting working mostly in like high fashion and meeting people like John Galliano, who was then at Dior or Jean-Paul Gaultier and having these people that I admired so much look at me and they're like, Frida, you're an actress. Like you're not a model. You're, you're an actress. And they're like, we see it in you. When you go out, you perform it, you sell it. You're, you're invested. You create a character. I would come up with my notebook and be like, so my research is this. And I'm thinking, with this outfit, maybe she goes to like lunch here and her friends are these kind of people. And maybe they talk about this and they're like, whoa, 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 this is not normal kind of modeling preparation. 
And it was so wonderful for me to have people in the industry that I looked up to so much who were invested in in me bringing that forward and, and supporting that. I felt really seen by people that I love and adored. And I think that really helped me to kind of leap off of this train that was just going so fast because it was scary. You had a career. I had a career that was working yeah. and you're making money. And to just look at everyone and say like, guys, I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm going to quit. I'm going to move back to Sweden. I'm going to apply to drama school. I'm at the top of my career. But I don't know. I, I just need to do this. It was um, a scary moment, but I felt really empowered knowing that at least for a few people, they'd seen me as something more. And that really helped me. Well, I hope you know, and I applaud the immense courage that takes because, you know, finding success in any field, doesn't matter what it is, is hard enough, but to, to then find success and then still go after what you, your dreams are. Few people, you know, they do that. And, and to do that, it takes immense, immense courage. So I'm just so proud of you. And, and when you did that, you know, in the time that you started modeling to then when you were going to go fully after it. How much did the landscape change, you know, as these streamers started to rise, you know, as, as you know, Swedish content started being picked up on Netflix, like shows like The Killing and, and really just a lot of Scandinavian content did, did it really start to kind of see a different way that, you know, you know, before if like we're so used to people that aren't in the business seeing Hollywood as a binary of New York or LA, but now it's, it's yeah. a worldwide phenomenon, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think. I think I think about this often, and I, I'm so incredibly grateful because I feel like just the moment when I kind of jumped off, the world was starting to look, you know, we, it wasn't just American content. And it was all of a sudden, it was okay. People were interested in looking at things that had different languages, but with American subs and people like the industry was broadening in a way. And I think it wasn't required that everyone who wasn't American would always have the most perfect American accent, even though we weren't playing American characters. And I think that opened up the industry in a, in a lot of ways that people could live and work in Europe and you could do self tapes Yeah, and people were interested in seeing people that knew people who represented different cultures. And I think that was a really exciting time. And um, I'm, I'm really grateful because I feel like I, I got to ride on that wave a little bit. Absolutely. So then who were the artistic teachers or, or the drama schools that you sought out to, you know, start to develop, uh, you know, kind of a, a technique, if you will, or a school of study? Yeah. So in uh, in Sweden, we have four drama schools that are the royal drama schools and they're spread out in different cities and they only take in like eight students per school every two years. Wow. And they're very famous in Sweden for they never take anyone in on the first try. And it's a very long process. And um, I knew that and I was prepared to get a no. I also know that in Sweden, the coming from a modeling background has a little bit of a different connotation than maybe yeah. it does in America. I think in America, people are maybe it's more part of kind of the American dream that you can be self-made, that you can be self-thought, that you can reinvent yourself. Perhaps we're a little bit more rigid in the career path that we like to think that actors have in Sweden. I don't know. Um, but I applied. Um, I got far into the process, didn't get in. <sighs> that hurt my feelings. How, 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 did, how were you able to grapple with that? Because I know what that's like. And, you know, a, a lot of people 
it, it, it can be soul crushing to get that no. Yeah, I think in, in a way, I'm glad that I had a 10 year career or something behind me because I'm, you're so used to getting no. I mean, yeah. that, I think that's the biggest thing that I can take into my acting. Like, you get a hundred no's and then you get one yes, but it's the so yes true. that matters. And then you put all of your work into it. And you just have to realize that it doesn't mean that you're bad. It doesn't mean that you're not good enough. It doesn't mean that you don't deserve it. It doesn't mean that maybe you're perfect for something else. You can't be right for everything. Yeah. And I was, it was hard, but I was like, maybe this is not my time. So I applied to um, a one-year course that's like a, a pre-drama school course. In, I just in wanted Sweden? To, in Stockholm, yeah. Okay. And that was so, I, I got in and it was so fun. We did, you know, so much improvisation and clowning and I, I, it was so wonderful to just let all of those insecurities out and just just be playful and really start working with your body. And it was such a revolutionary experience for me to come into a context where it wasn't so serious. It was a lot of fun just yeah. to kind of like improvise. Be silly, totally. And yeah, be yeah. silly. And like, you don't have to look good. You don't have to behave a certain way. It doesn't matter. Just be there, look at the partner, just say yes. Yes, what's coming your way? Play with it. Play with it. See where it takes you. And oh, it was so fun. I I loved it. And that kind of gave me even more fire to 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 understanding like this is the way. It doesn't matter if it's going to take me ten years. It's going to take me fifty years. But if I can just be in this world, if I can do this, I'm going to be so happy. I love to hear that. And and did that program have some kind of a showcase for agents for you? Yeah, not for our agents because in Sweden we, we we probably don't have that much. We have like a few agents, and it's not as the industry so be is like a lot London smaller here, or you know, like a Europe agent, so to speak. You know, yeah, I uh, no, it, they have a showcase, but it's more kind of to a theater audience. Oh, okay, uh, we sorry. played uh, we played One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and I got to play Billy, which was amazing. <laughs> so cool! Oh, the best! It was so fun, and. Um, during that time, I got to uh, read for a couple of parts. I was so new, and I I'm, didn't American even realize American or that, Swedish? I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, Swedish. Okay. No, no, Swedish. And it was, this is going to sound really silly, but I didn't realize when they asked you to come back that it was a good thing. So I was like, oh, man, speaking to my friend, I'm like, I went in on Monday. Oh, I must have done something wrong. They asked me to come back again next week. Oh, I don't know what to do differently. And... <laughs> Then I went in again, and then they asked me to come back again. And I was like, oh, man, I'm just really not giving them what they want. <laughs> and my friends are afraid that that's a callback. And I was like, yeah, what am I doing wrong? And she's like, no, they want to see something. You know, they, they like you. That's a good thing. They want to try you with different people. And I was like, oh, my God. I then realized I needed to have like a crash course in like how the industry you know, <laughs> the vernacular works. of all the yeah, yeah. because it, it, if you didn't grow up in that and if you didn't like not even at drama school maybe nowadays but they don't teach you all of the kind of no in and I, outs and I appreciate of how to make self tapes yeah how to ed edit them or like how to do a perfect slate or you know stuff like that that or how to handle you yourself up. in a callback you know like yeah yeah exactly I mean and I just went in and I was like, yeah, I'm going to act the shit out of this. I'm going to give it my all. Like, it's like, you know, my one shot. And I ended up getting that part. And that was a, a wonderful a film called uh, Swoon, which had all of some of my favorite Swedish actors in them. And um, 
thanks to that, I I got I, I negotiated that a deal by myself, which is pretty crazy because I didn't have an agent. <laughs> so I was just like, oh yes, this kind of looks good. I don't know, maybe we get a little percentage up on that or something. And through that, I I did get my my agent, the wonderful Laura, and um, she works with I think some of the best Scandinavian actors who also work abroad, like Alicia Vikander and Paul oh, Spadas. Yeah. And um, she opened up kind of the world in that sense. Especially yeah. as, you know, Amazon and Netflix started building up their worldwide programming. For mm-hmm. you, though, when, you know, you dreamed, did the content always kind of like, was the goal America or was it just to work or, you know, was it whatever happened? I know I, that's a tough question I, to answer. No, no, it's. And I'm going to be completely honest. I think America has the bigger scope of, of, yeah. of productions. I mean, when you look, the industry in Sweden is quite small. And as much as I, I always wanted to have a dynamic career in the sense of, I want to do stuff that I really believe in. I love, I, I love preparation. I love my job. And if you're going to spend three years or three and a half, like with Fred is doing a project, I want to feel that I go to work every single day with the biggest smile and just going like, this is the best. I want to feel excited about what I get to do. And to me, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'll am i work in the tiniest part in the tiniest little Slovenian indie film, if it's something that I believe in. So for me, I said to Laura, I'm like, I just want to, I want to read for many things. I want to always kind of make sure that the next step is something that's a little bit unexpected. I love pushing myself and trying to go into new arenas and um luck, luckily that's been working out so far but you know well, <laughs> who knows <laughs> no it's gonna keep working out i promise you that uh was the witcher your first netflix gig yeah yeah and it was so crazy oh my god i worked in sweden beforehand and i thought i'd been on a big movie set and then to come in and it's like yeah i mean just 50 million dollar movie set yeah. Yeah, oh my god and you're like what is that? They're like, that's Henry Cavill's trailer. And you're like, what? yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. No, but it was so cool. He was so lovely. I got to come in and play um, Harold's mom, Henry, played by the absolutely charming Henry Cavill, who was such a pro. And to me, that was such a wonderful experience to come on a, a huge movie set uh, to feel that the number one was the nicest. Yeah. He saw the way that just the way that he treated everyone and knew everyone's names. He was so nice to me, like this unknown Swedish girl coming in. And he's like, I have this idea. What do you think about that? Do you want to go and rehearse it? Do you want to talk about it? I was so inspired by that. And when I learned that I that I was going to play Freitas, that there's a lot of things that I stole from him in terms of how I want a set to work. I want everyone to feel, doesn't matter how small your part is, doesn't matter if you make the coffee. It's a team effort. Everyone is needed for it to be the best it can be. And I think it's really important to bring that energy to set that it's a, it's a shared experience and everyone is equal in that sense. So I'm really grateful for that opportunity. That's amazing. And and it's so true as an actor, you know, the number one on that call sheet, you know, they set the tone for that show, let alone Mm -hmm. every day. So when you have someone that's great, it it just changes everything. And absolutely, and it's so important. Yeah, and and it's it, it, in my personal opinion. Maybe I'll get in trouble for saying this. Like, it takes more energy to be mean than it does to just be a good person and show up on time. 
You know, a hundred percent, hundred percent. I completely agree with that. And it's the, it's the least you could do because everyone is working just as hard. And even though you and I are actors, it is a collaborative medium, as I'm sure you know better than anyone at this point. So then, when you do a show like that, I imagine you become on Netflix's radar. Was you know Jeb Stewart developing the show, and did you get a meeting or talk to me about how Vikings and Freitas came your way? So I was in Romania uh, shooting a movie called Damper, uh, an Italian comic book. Um, and my co-star, Wade, uh, turns around and he said he had heard about this. And um, do you know anything about this? Because he's like, I was a big fan of Vikings. And I was like, I I was a big fan of Vikings. It's my history. And I, had, <laughs> and I was like, excuse me. I, I know that show. I love it. So I'm like, oh, uh, give me a second. I'm just going to step outside. I'm just going to make a phone call, call my agent. Panic. How come I haven't heard about this? Oh, my God, you need it. And she's like, no, no, calm down. We were just about to send this to you. There's this one part in it. She's like, it's it's incredible. They're going to read everyone in the world, of course. But she's like, I, I, think, I think you're going to love it. I, I start reading it. And it's like, I don't know if you've ever had this experience meeting a character, but it's like she showed up. Yeah, I just saw her. I just felt it. And I was like, I just know exactly what I want to do with her. Yeah. I just know what I want to bring. And I got this fire. I think it's probably the first time it ever happened to me where I was like, this is my part. You can try to take it away from me, but this is my part. And if anyone else gets it, I'm going to fucking kill them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just <laughs> lost one about that, yeah. but I, I had the same attitude going in. I still might kill them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it was like, it, it was the first time I felt so strongly about it. And um, was this pre COVID, by the way, just for the audience? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is pre COVID. So this is probably like October, November 2019. Um, I did a tape. Um, so it wasn't in person, even though it was pre-COVID. No, okay. no, it okay. was uh, I because I was on production and then traveling in between that production and home. I was tied into that, so I did the self-tape as one usually does. You do it, you're like, oh, I feel great about this. You send it into the universe. Nine times out of ten, you don't even get a reply. Yeah. But you know, rumoring it is what they call it. You yeah. know, yeah, I'm just calling it. You're sending it out into the universe, and they're like, oh, it's up there somewhere with all of the other you know, self tapes just floating around in space. But How hard did you work on that tape? Did you just keep going and going? And I uh, no. So the interesting thing with Freitas and, and my work with her, and I've spoken to Jeb about this many times, Jeb Stewart, our showrunner, she's so in me. Like usually my like first or second take is always the one that we use. And then we start kind of going into it. And I don't know what it is, but she just, she's so instinctual to me. Yeah. It's like, I had this, 2000 or like a thousand year old Viking woman living inside me to just have to come out. And uh, I work so much with, with the prep. So I like to know that when I show up on set, it's there and we can just look at the other actor and we unleash something and, and it comes out. The way that I worked with Sam Corlett, who plays my brother, Leif, who I Incredible adore. Actor. We, uh, fantastic. And, and we just sat down at the chemistry read. And I just looked at him and I was like, brother. And he looked at me and he's like, sister, and we hugged and then we played the scene. And this was just, for, yeah. this was like a chemistry read audition. Yeah. So after we did the self tape, they flew us in, me, Sam and Leo, David Oaks, Laura Berlin. Ah, uh, David um, and Leo. Do, yeah. Ah, uh, the best. I mean, like the list goes on. We've had the best cast. It's incredible. The best time. It's insane. Like you just, 
I love Victoria, friends. and so many came over from that show. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Shout out Victoria. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it's 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 been wonderful. I mean, we've had such a good report in in between all of us, but working especially with with Sam and Leo for me has been so fun, fantastic. They are very different as actors, and but it's just been so fantastic that we've had that sacred space that we can just really dive into it together. And I've felt so held by them. And I hope they feel the same way because we, you know, it's it's a big show with big set pieces, but you still really, really want to have those human emotions, those human elements come through. And when you work at a very high pace, like TV usually is, you don't always have that much time. And to really trust your coworkers to really know that we can push each other and go beyond what's expected. That was that's oh it's it's changed away and i look at my work in so many different ways did you sam and leo have time to meet up before and rehearse oh yeah i mean we 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 did our self-tapes we did our chemistry read i think late january we then got the job and they're like hey we're gonna start shooting in two weeks we came back we start doing costume and 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 you know hair and makeup fittings and while we're there we're you know the COVID numbers come in. There's one case in Ireland. There's four cases. There being Ireland. Sorry, Ireland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry for being unclear about that. Yeah. So we were we filmed um, Vikings Valhalla. All three seasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And um, production made the the right decision to say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna take a step back while our legal and health team can work out a way that we can operate safely." So we were all. You know, we traveled back home, not quite knowing when we were going to come back. But Jeb and Nils Arden Uplev, our wonderful, super talented director, who is a Danish director, who is fantastic. We did kind of a weekly or then turned into twice a week Zoom calls, just the five of us just hanging out. I was at my country house and Leo's, you know, we're spread out all over the world and just you know have time to get to know each other to just spitball talk about ideas and then me and sam would have our calls and i'd have calls with leo and so when we got back in i think i want to say late june of 2020 we'd spent four months together no like getting to know each other so so well so the amount of prep we put into it i think was so helpful when he then starts shooting did you have all eight before cameras rolled scripts no wow yeah yeah and it was so fun because sometimes we would be talking about these ideas and jeb would just kind of lean back with a little smirk on his face (laughs) "Mm -hmm." or or you would know you're kind of touching into something that we don't want to really further expand on or he would just go "Hmm, you'll see and like "Ah!" (laughs) tell me everything but it was for me as, as an actor um being invited to sit at the table like we have been on this show it's been the most profound uh, experience in in my professional career jeb stewart is so talented and so generous with his time with his with his knowledge i mean he's been in the industry for for decades and did die hard right i mean that was one of his i mean it's 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 legendary and he's 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 a very generous man and i'm gonna hope that all of my future projects get to resemble this one because even if they do slightly, I'm going to be the luckiest person. Um, because this has really been a cl- collaborative experience in every possible way. And to me, I felt like that's quite rare. 
That's amazing. And and I only bring this up because, you know, I, I just got a chance to do a period piece myself for HBO. So, you know, being on those sets, you don't really understand the scale and how it all works, green screen, mm-hmm. till you're there. So, you know, once you got there, I mean, this show, I'm going to say something that people will agree with or not. I think this show is so much better than Game of Thrones. I mean, oh. also, I, I love history. You know, fantasy is not really my thing. And, and I n- no disrespect to the cast. They're all incredible in that show. But this show, I just – it is amazing. And, and the fact that even though there might be some, you know, dramatic, you know, ex- expansions of history, mm-hmm. I, I, it is so good. What did it feel like to be on something – I mean, obviously, I know there's composites, but that just is – it seems like a lot of it was practical. Am I wrong? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it was insane. I'll never forget we had the first day. It was me and Sam, and um, we were doing camera tests in the back lot, and uh, the back lot of Ashford Studios, that is where they filmed you know, the Tudors and all of the seasons of Vikings, and the back lot is huge. <laughs> what part of Ireland <laughs> is that? This is in the beautiful County Wicklow. So it's about an hour south of Dublin. Okay. And we filmed the majority in County Wicklow, which is, the, it's just so beautiful there. You've got the, you know, the huge mountains and the fjords and beautiful beaches and forests. And it so all Ka- eerily looks like, yeah. all that is there? Yeah. And it wow. all eerily looks like, like Sweden, you know, for me being very particular about the way a Swedish forest would actually like, show up. <laughs> so you're on the like, production oh. design meetings too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we should have more birch trees. Yeah. No, <laughs> no but it, it, I remember just me and Sam looking at each other saying like, I hope somebody's taking a picture of this. And then we're like, oh yeah, we're actually making a TV show. That's, that's true. Somebody is definitely <laughs> recording this. But to just show up and, and to see the scale where you would have 150, you know, supporting artists and 50 horses and 33 ships and goats and, you know, the, the whatnot. And, and extras, just, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. The Like on a day, we could be like 12, 1500 people. And coming out and working mostly in Sweden, that's insane. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was absolutely crazy. And um well, for the during history COVID part of, it. of all of it, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, shout, shout out to our incredible COVID department, but also to everyone. Making a TV show is hard. Like the electric, electric department, all of our grips. I mean, costume makeup. Everyone had to work twice as hard because yeah. you're not only, you know, carrying around a steady cam, but you're doing it with two masks and a visor. And our makeup department, you know, who's putting a little bit of extra beards on a people. I'm not going to say who they have <laughs> I think I to. have an idea. Uh, <laughs> I can't grow a beard either. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, for them, and then, you know, we're in mass. It, it makes it, it makes it harder. Um, yeah. But I, I also, at the same time, want to say we were incredibly lucky to be able to keep shooting throughout the entire pandemic. And I know majority of people in the world didn't have, you know, that privilege to be able to have a job to go to during the middle of a pandemic. So I know we were incredibly fortunate to, um, to, to, to keep going. And in a strange way, I think it was totally a blessing in disguise because we ended up getting so close, not just as a cast, but as the entire crew, because we were in a big bubble together. We felt like such a family and so, you know, when you're on a set and in the beginning, everyone's kind of getting to know each other. And by the end, First day like school this, vibes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like at the end, it's like you've had like this long marriage and you like know everyone and you're like, hey, man, like you say hi to your kid. And like, yeah, I'll see you there after work. 
and you get into that like super familiar vibe for us we we just had to get into it straight away we knew when we were coming in that everyone had to say goodbye yeah and also we filmed for about seven months of the year and because of the pandemic you're not allowed to leave and you can't go home so even if you're not shooting for a couple of days or maybe a week or maybe more than a week everyone's there and we had to become that support system for each other on and off camera so it really i think helped us get that you know intimacy and to get really close it shows and and you know obviously there's so much depth and and great character scenes but there's obviously a lot of physicality so even on your perhaps days off whatever few you may add did you have every day you know wake up 4 a.m go to hair and makeup rehearse and then on a day off you're in stunt training for nine hours yeah probably (laughs) pretty much yeah yeah um they're kind though because uh, you don't have to do nine hours of stunt training, but uh, we had the most incredible team of stunt performers and stunt choreographers and fight coordinators. They came up with these incredibly elaborate, um, but yet at the same time, character-driven um, fights. And it was so wonderful to to work with them on that. Some fights we had, you know, months to prepare. Some fights we had to, you know, be able to shoot it in like four days. So the longer we kind of get into the season, the more we, at least for me, because I got to learn with Freitas when we meet her in episode one of season one, she's not an experienced fighter. She's a survivor. She's like, she's a huntress. And towards the end of the first season, she's become this trained shield maiden. So I was kind of lucky in that sense that I could kind of learn with Freitas as we were shooting going from fist fights or strangling someone with my bracelet to actually being able to fight more upright with sword and shield. And um, they were so patient with us because none of us had really fought with 200 axes or shields before. And when you and, want, sorry to interrupt again, but when you wanted, yeah. was it you in there doing the stunts? Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, we got to do all of our own stunts. Richard Ryan, our incredible you know master of stunts did kind of a vet check of us and he's like yeah you Sam Leo you're all good to go we're going to push you it's not going to be it's not going to be easy it's going to be hard but we trust you and I know you can do this and to to feel that support behind us I think for all the three of us were was was incredible that we were pushed to the farthest of our abilities and then we could always find another gear and when you have those long days when you're doing battles because it's 12 hours with 15 kilos of real real chain mail and real leather and you're fighting and you're up to your knees in mud and you're covered in blood and you're bruised and shit hurts to have them come up and just look at you and go like you got this we believe in you it looks awesome keep going push through it they were so so wonderful and i'm i'm so grateful that they believed in us and really let us push ourselves that we can perform it ourselves. And and your work is so rich on this. You know, it, you can tell, I mean, it, 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 it's so weird talking to you as Frida because I see you as, as Freitas because you're so, <laughs> I mean, you're just so multidimensional or you talked about being 2D, but this is like, it's, it's almost 4D because there's so many layers to her and the journey she goes through, I mean, journeys, she's so many different mm. people after all these 
good and bad events that happened to her. And and for you not getting all the scripts ahead of time, did Jeb kind of come in your ear at the beginning of each season and, and kind of give you the broad strokes of where she was heading? Mm-hmm. So for you as, you know, acting homework, you knew where to play. Okay, in this scene, she knows this and doesn't know that yet. You know, was mm-hmm. that was that tough mapping that out? No, because uh, for me, the way that I work, you know, I don't know what you're going to ask me. I can prepare for my everyday life. And I know what we're semi about to do. It's like the same way you open a door and you go into a room. You're like, well, my brother's going to be there. But you don't really exactly know where everything takes you. And I like to, you know, work in that way that I can prep as much as I can. But then I want to trust that I've done my homework. I know what I want to say. I know what the scene is about for me. But I also want to be influenced by the other person or people that are there. And it's a collaborative experience. I think the magic kind of always comes from maybe I've envisioned the scene to be a certain way. And then Sam or Leo comes up with a nuance that I possibly didn't pick up because I read the part or the scene from my point of view. And it pushes you into a new direction the same way a conversation can pull you into direction. And afterwards you go, oh, wow, I didn't expect this end up there. And yeah. I think that's really beautiful. But with Jeb, it was so wonderful for us to come in knowing that we were going to do three seasons from the start and knowing that we had a, you know, a, a, a leader who had the entire tapestry mapped out with incredible detail. And he knew all of it, where it was going and for him, for us to just go, we, we trust you. Yeah. We know that if you need us to know something, you're going to tell us. But it's not always necessary for us to know exactly what's going to happen in episode seven of season two while you're shooting episode two of season one. Yeah. So yeah. in that sense, I was really thankful that he gave us the golden nuggets that we kind of needed. And when he felt or when we felt that we needed to discuss something, the door was always open. And that was incredible. Well, I, I know you shot them all back to back, but were you shooting two and one at the same time or just one then moved on to season two and then three or was it? Uh, all- well, because, uh, yeah, it was kind of a mix uh, because of the pandemic and how it hit us while we were shooting season one. We did the first six episodes in 2020. Then we came back 2021 and filmed the last blocks of the last seven and eight of season one. We had the weekend and then on Monday we started with season two. Wow. How, yeah. was, how was that being there for so long? I mean, sweet. I can't complain. Yeah. I, I, I had the best time. Yeah. I, I never wanted to leave. No, but it was it was such a wonderful experience. I think we filmed the Battle of Kattegat, which is a really hard week for me and Sam and Leo. We all had huge stunts and very emotional scenes. And, you know, there was loved ones who passed. And there was a very hard week. And then we could all kind of, go into the weekend knowing like, oh, season two is on Monday. Let's get a Guinness <laughs> tonight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like maybe two. Yeah. <laughs> maybe <three>. A shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's go crazy. Yeah. But in but in the pandemic, so it was all fine. There was no bars to go to. That's amazing though. And I love that. And and I'm curious, you know, bringing it back to your experience in fashion, Freitas's outfits are beautiful. Did you get to have any kind of say on, you know, the attention to detail on that? Because, you know, between Uppsala and all the different, you know, uniforms that she wears, I mean, the attention, I mean, they all seem like they could be in museums, those pieces. Yeah. And I hope they will be one day because our our costume, the the scope of this, production is so wonderful i mean i'll never forget when i 
got to tour the studio for the first time and we had the costume department and it's just so massive and you know they're they're all experts so you have some people whose job it is to create all of these amazing leather armor and somebody who works with chain mail and somebody who works with building you know intricate belt buckles and everything is so thoroughly researched so you can go into susan o'connor cave our, our costume designer's office and she'll say oh that belt buckle it's inspired by this one that they found in this grave and it's coming from this and they have done their research so thoroughly um so it's not I, arbitrary I it's all very you know, done for a, a practical or historical accuracy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't have zippers in our pants. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah. I hate going to the bathroom on that set. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like when you're in your chainmail leather costume and then you have like a tunic and then you've got belts and you don't have a zipper in your pants. And it creates some interesting um, opportunities for you to get very close to uh, your costume. I'm sure. But but I, I love that. I think that for as an actor, I think anything that's as, as authentic as possible always helps. And I, I love that. I loved coming to work and feeling that everyone just wanted to do their absolute, absolute maximum to create this rich show. And the costumes were such a huge part of it. And I love how all of the different characters, you know, were represented in their clothes. For example, Sam Corlett, who's vegan, you know, he worked with vegan leathers for oh, all of Lake's costumes and, you know, stuff like that just makes me so thrilled that we can all put put good things into the costumes. And 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 I know season two is out, but I'm curious, you know, while you were filming, you know, season two and season one came out, what was that experience like to have a show come out while you're also simultaneously working on the next season? Was that scary? Was that fun? You know, because it, it became so huge, but I imagine, you know, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're doing this thing in a bubble and you're like, I hope people like it. And then everyone. I mean, it, it. you're absolutely right. When we were filming um, season three, actually this year, the show had come out. Um, so we were, we did season one and two before no one had seen it. Wow. And okay. that was so wild. Yet at the same time, I think for us, the best because you didn't feel that pressure of what did people like what are people going to think we could just create in our free bubble we were all like living together just coming to work having the best time pushing each other just loving the scripts and creating something that we all believed in and loved and then when the first season came out of course i felt so you know strongly about what we created and i'm so proud of what we've done but you you never know yeah. people might not like it and for it to then be well received, and I think at least for me, getting messages from from girls and you know young women all over the world, from Pakistan to the Philippines, it it meant the world to have people watch what you put your blood, sweat, and tears into, and and for them to be inspired by that was, yeah, I I it, like it just makes me so emotional. Well, as it should, you know, because I can imagine, you know, spending time in, in the other industry, which at times can, you know, literally by definition be superficial to come into this show that's anything but. It is as deep as it gets. And for you to rise to that occasion, give historical accuracy, to kick some ass, make some men look fucking weak. And get, I mean, I'm talking season <laughs> two, final battle there. Beat the – just beat the shit out of people while nailing it acting-wise. I mean – was there ever a day on set where you finally had that moment of like looking back, you know, being a kid playing for your parents where, 
you know, I not that the work is over, but like I'm here. I I I'm I'm doing it. You know, did you ever have that moment? I mean, so so often I just like just being able to come into work some days and just look around and just looking at all of these people that you love that you work with and they bring so much wonderful things and just to be able to have that opportunity to throw everything you got into a character like that brought me to tears so many times just to you be brought able to, me to tears so thank you i mean it's yeah. it's so it's so fantastic and and um yeah I, i'm just so incredibly grateful that i've gotten to have this opportunity and i think season two was a very hard journey for freitas yeah you didn't really expect it could get any worse i, I did not one. see it coming at all but it you thought could. it was gonna go good and then <laughs> well i was like i kind of had an out you know a, a plan of of what me and jeb had talked to and you know jeb's we've had so many very you know personal and deep discussions about where to kind of go with freitas and how can we bring her forward and what other aspects of her can we lift forward and how can we make her richer more complex and then you kind of then the script started getting coming in and I'm like, oh, this is a this is a hard, it's a hard season. Yeah. And I I I felt like I really wanted to continue to bring everything I could into this character. But we started venturing into, you know, like motherhood, for example. I'm not a mother myself, so I haven't gone through the process of, of, of pregnancy and giving birth. And knowing that that was coming, I spent a couple of months researching and interviewing all of my friends who had given birth and you know calling people who worked as midwives and interviewing them and watching births on youtube and all of just going into this as, as deeply as i could because i feel like that's such a powerful event and i wanted to give that as much authenticity as i possibly could i feel like sometimes with births or in kind of it's kind of hollywood glossed over you're yeah. somebody you know and i i wanted that was probably one of the hardest days in my career but at the end i i feel really happy that i i feel like we created something that's closer to truth than the than the, mater, the maternal aspects were just so beautiful i mean it made me I, I having been in relationships and 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 having people that have children i mean you you knocked it out of the park. You were so good. I mean, I could cry. Oh, thank you. Thank so you much. for your service to that, the work and the depth that you had to go to. I, I can only imagine how hard and 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 beautiful it was. And I'm proud of you. And thank so, you so much. I, I don't want to take up all your time, but you know, I I know now three will air later this year, correct? And then. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wait, it's going to air. Netflix will let us know. Netflix yeah. will let us know. Yeah. But 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 you guys have kind of a break to hear about maybe other seasons, right? I would say so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then mm. I, the reason I'm asking is like right now there's a little bit of time. What do you want to do with that time? Because you've been away for three years. I imagine there's no shortage of emails and phone calls and you could do things in Sweden or America or anywhere you wanted. But, you know, mm -hmm. I'm sure it's very tricky for you because, you know, finding that time to balance your own life and, and to just be able to have a break versus like also being able to do other things. So where do you kind of find yourself now if you're OK talking about that? Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. I yeah. think it's interesting because – as as you're you know you know with the with this job the the peaks are incredibly high and the valleys are very low it's it's hard because yeah. it's such a 
I also am a person who's very attracted to like adrenaline and, and rushes and you usually get that from from your work, right? And you come to set and you pour all of your into it and then you come home and you're so exhausted and there's no time for yeah. a phone call with your husband or even, you know, your friends. Yeah. And, and you come home from filming seven months and usually for me, I spend the last, the first three weeks at home just sleeping. sleeping. I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't function. I'm like, I have nothing to say. I have no one. I have no script. I don't know. <laughs> and then I slowly you kind of get into the you know ins and out of, of everyday life and it's funny you know how how much you can miss being at home on a Tuesday yeah. washing the dishes you know totally. <laughs> and and then you know after a while that wears out I'm a person who I've spent 18 out of my 30 years alive working I I love working it's it's a part of me that will never tire I I love to continuously you know, challenge myself. So I, I'm going to keep working. We have some things that we're working on right now. And, um, I'm, I'm very excited for that, but also to just try to, you know, find that balance of spending that. Yeah. 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 Grocery shop. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Change the tires on my car. Totally. Get an oil change. I miss that. Go to Ikea cafeteria. (laughs) Meatballs. Come on. (laughs) Do you feel an inclination now to start a production company of your own? Absolutely. I think it's a, it's a wonderful time also for, especially for actresses. I feel there's in my generation, so many fantastic actresses that I look up to so much who've been able to forge their own path. I mean, look at Reed Witherspoon, look yeah. at Nicole Kidman, look at Margot Robbie. You yeah. know, she's an icon in our time, and it's so powerful to see them chart taking charge of their own of the stories that they want to tell, not just to put themselves into productions, but also telling these wonderful stories, female-led, female-driven projects. I think that's Yeah, even when they're not in incredible. A, you know, promising yeah, young absolutely. woman crawdads, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's the it, it's such an inspiration and 100% that's something that's that's the wheels are turning, but it's it's too early to kind of say what will come into fruition of that. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I'm I'm I can't say enough. I'm, I'm proud of you, but also I want you to know that you're an amazing actress you know or actor i don't really like the you know because that's all we do the same thing and you know i hope you know how much depth you have and i am just you're one of those titans you know i see it now and and maybe you can't see it yet because you're so in it and it's so new but i know so many amazing things are coming for you and you deserve every single one of them you know you you're an outstanding human i can sense your energy now and you know i really i'm just I know I don't know you that well and we just met, but I'm I'm genuinely like I'm just so happy for you, you know? Oh, and I just thank want you so much. <laughs> so many amazing things for you. And I really hope one day that, you know, we get a chance to work together. And it would be That would be the best. It, that would be the best. I, I feel the absolute same way about you. So oh, thank you. And let's let's manifest it into the universe. Yeah, and, and come back yeah. when season three yeah. comes, you know, whenever that may be. But uh, yeah. As you know, if you've listened, I ask every guest this final question, and I apologize because I know it's not an easy one. But you know, for for the young Frida who's there, wanderlust, you know, Hollywood, you know, even if if they don't live in Sweden, but they live in Alabama, you know, in America, mm-hmm. and the idea of being in this business seems so far away. They're unsure of themselves and their confidence, mm-hmm. and and they want to do it. Any words of wisdom you might have? Yeah, 
Uh, I, I love this question and I've been thinking about it and I'm turning 30 this year. And I think for me, Happy birthday. Kind of thank you so much. And it's, it's a part where I feel like, like I said before, I've worked for more than the majority of, of my life and something that I've really learned. And that's especially been cemented in the last couple of years is that there's only one you don't compare yourself to other people. Your path is your path. You can change that. What is in store for you? Only the universe knows. And don't doubt yourself. It, it, I spent so many years young looking at other people, trying to change the way that I talked and the way that I looked and to be skinnier or to be, you know, looking like To assimilate people. into what worked for them. Yeah. yeah. And that's their path. Yeah. That's what's right for them. But what makes you good, what makes you special is you you can't change that and lean into that always when your gut tells you something that's your truth don't don't fight that lean into that because that's when good things are going to start happen that's when you become special that's when you lean into your talent that's what's going to make you stand out because there's only that one you and um took me a long time to realize that yeah. and i know it sounds so cliche but it's harder then it sounds to actually say, say no to things if you don't want to. Yeah. You don't have to change who you are to fit in. You just don't. Thank you for saying that. That means everything. And, and to be honest, I, I needed to hear that myself. And so beautiful. And I can't tell you how grateful I am for your time and coming on and sharing all this. It was one of my favorite conversations. And I just, I've got so much love for you and I so much excitement and please come back for season three and let's work together soon. And Oh, and, I would love that. And, I would love that. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. And, the best. and I, I'm just, I'm just so thrilled. You're doing it, man. And you really are the keeper of the faith. Sorry to make a bad <laughs> joke, but <laughs> I, I got faith now. <laughs> right now. So much love, okay? And yeah, enjoy enjoy this so downtime. Much. And make sure you really, you know, you find time for you. I, I know you just got married. So, you know, enjoy that. It's such a beautiful time Thank in your you life. so much. Thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. Thank you for the, the deepness and your passion about these tough questions and shedding light on the process that's not always easy. And um, I'm a huge fan. Thank you so much for having me. Likewise. And to be continued, okay? Yes, absolutely. So much love. If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.